in that situation specifically, I find that the sales reps who think they can sell, I sell everybody, I treat everybody the same, and everybody's an opportunity is the one of the worst head trash we have to deal with. So a person that's getting emotional, one thing to work on is, dude, it is okay to lose a sale or do that. It like, if you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 40, get over it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Out of the Hourglass. My name is Molly Nolan, I am your episode host, and today I'm joined by NCG Senior Business Coach, Andrew Amrine, to share and discuss a new tool being utilized by our team here at NCG. One that focuses on providing insights and maximizing sales performance in companies of all sizes from all industries. Now think about this. Wouldn't it be nice to know specifically where a sales rep needs help? Or specifically, why they are not a fit for your organization? Or that what you're assessing your team against fits the same process you're trying to coach? We are excited to share that NCG is now certified to offer the sales insights assessment and evaluations through the company Objective Management Group a pioneer and industry leader in sales team evaluations and sales candidate screening. On today's episode, Andrew walks us through the impact this tool can have on your hiring and team development process, how it's helped our team to teach better, more focused sales content, and the opportunity to really peel back the unique attributes that make a salesperson from good to exceptional. Out of the Hourglass is a podcast channel dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop high-performing teams, and build sustainable growth. It's time to get out of the hourglass. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. I am here with Andrew Amrine. Andrew, how are you doing today? Hey, Molly. Thanks for having me back. Happy to have you. Happy to have you back oh, I, for a, a sales-oriented podcast as well. I feel like it's been a little bit. Yes, yes. I think I'm in the jack-of-all-trades category here. We're hitting levels of work and all kinds of stuff. So now we're back to sales. Yeah. All, a lot of those things all drive you different ways, though. You're pretty passionate about, about those different departments or those, those different categories. Financials, uh, structure, and helping organizations. Uh, I love helping people. In a, in a prior life, you know, I was a golf professional and helping people learn how to play golf was fun, but it wasn't really fulfilling. This is, is uh, very, very fulfilling. Well, in that mindset, we're going to talk about um, a topic today that I think is very fulfilling in terms of um, fulfilling mm. A part mm -hmm. of fulfilling roles within an organization. Um, but before we dive into it, let me, let me share this stat with you that I just read. According to Forbes, businesses in the USA spend close to $72 billion each year on recruiting services and products, yet 46% of hires fail within the first 18 months. That hurts. Crazy. That's, that's crazy. It's crazy. Um, I, I think I can, I can mirror that, though. I think we've helped. Uh, I think we might be a, a little bit higher than that, but no, I mean, it's, you know, turnout. Yeah. The first 18 months is tough. Yeah. Turnover, turnover is real. Getting, you know, making sure the right people are in the right roles, the right seat on the bus, as we always say. Actually, um, I, if we go beyond sale, I know we're talking about all roles. The field supervisor role probably 
it has the hardest statistics. Um, it's probably not that good. Um, so for the sake of today's wow. of today's conversation, I wanted to kind of put that that stat out there so all of our you know you and I and all of our listeners can really you know have context for for this conversation. And if, as we dive a little bit deeper into role specifics, um, Andrew, what is the mistake yeah. of hiring the wrong salesperson? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's funny. I'm, I'm reading what you sent me, the stats that you sent me that you just mm-hmm. read. And I, I feel compelled to like say, no, we need to say we're better. We have to say we're better. But I, I think we are better a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, hiring is tough. Hiring is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's what we're talking about today, specifically for sales. So yes, sorry, I was, I was just blown away by that stat. Um, $150,000 mistake easily. Um, so well, hiring the wrong salesperson is a hundred and fifty thousand right, dollar mistake. Right, easily. And what you have to think about is lost opportunity. So I, I kind of dug into this. So part of what we're going to talk about today is why I started looking into this issue. Mm-hmm. And so when I looked into it, I, at first I thought, no, no way. There's no way it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar mistake. So I started looking into it. And so if you add up what you have to include are lost sales. So if you're hiring a rep, you've got other people training, other people's comp- compensation, this reps, this particular role's compensation, lost sales and revenue. So if you're carrying um, a, a poor performer for, let's say, six months at a low win rate, you're feeding them leads. That's easily a $150,000 mistake, if not more. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a big problem. It's a big, big problem. People have put food in their refrigerators because our sales reps sell. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I was selling, uh, that was my motivation. If I don't sell, uh, people don't eat. So it, it's, it's a, there's a lot of responsibility to the role. Absolutely. Certainly. And I, I mean, I think anybody who either works with us or has listened to previous episodes knows that we strongly believe in um, going through the right interview process, making mm-hmm. sure that you are bringing the right person onto the team, not only from a skill perspective, um, but culture fit as well. And so, yep. you know, we. Um, why did we? Why did we pick up hiring talent? You know, it's interesting. I, right. I think instinctively, I'm still looking at this statistic: 46% of hires fail within the first six months. I think that's first what people come months. to us. First 18 months. What did I say? Six. Oh, sorry. 18 months within 18 months. So I would say, yeah, when people come to us, so why are we so passionate about hiring talent and levels of work and getting clear on role descriptions? So I I do have to be a little bit self-promoting. I think we're, we're higher than that. We're 60%, but still it's tough. And so all the things that it takes to make it easier and get clearer about what people are capable of defining roles, better interviewing, better specific interviewing for situations. Um, trying to match roles instead of hoping, um, hooked on hopium, uh, a phrase I heard recently. Um, hooked on hopium. Well, that's Mike Shannon's book. Uh, Mike Shannon is a sales consultant here. So, I mean, all these things in that, in that sense being, we are always trying to find better, more efficient ways to make sure that you are hiring the right person for the right role. And so we have, um, partnered. We're now a new. Um, we're we are now certified to offer a new assessment and evaluation through the company Objective Management Group, which is a more 
you would say boutique sales assessment that is getting even closer to really identifying the right people for the right roles. So yeah, what they have, the sales insights report, um, it's used in a lot of different ways. So one, one challenge about sales uh, is that it's very specific. It's a very specific skill set. It's a very defined um, role of behaviors and attitudes. So you have to find very specific people that meet those things. However, that's also an opportunity that if we can figure out how to interview and assess those particular skills, then we can have a really high success rate at hiring. Um, so heretofore, we've used DISC, and there are specific DISC profiles that work. And this, and so DISC is great. As a team development tool, I, it's indispensable. Mm-hmm. Sales is, is a very specific area. Um, so we found uh, the Sales Insights Report maybe um, seven years ago and just didn't, you know, just wasn't a big rock at the time. Um, and then uh, one of, uh, one of our, our newest sales coaches, Mike Shannon, who's on our, our sales guys team, so to speak, um, he brought this back up again. And it was really a no-brainer at this point. What we're, what we're trying to accomplish, um, it was a no-brainer. Um, so there are two things that the Sales Insights program does. One, it, it's a training document. So the full evaluation is just that. It's an evaluation of strengths and challenges and specifically where to train someone. And then it also acts as an assessment to help, to help filter out candidates. And it can be used as a filter, there are certain rules around that if you're going to use it as a filter, but it can act as a very specific um, sales filter. Um, can I hit a little history? Can I yeah, throw please in? do. I, I love give us. Yeah, I think giving some context and background to where this even um, was initiated from is really helpful. All right. So in, in you, the audience can probably tell I'm super passionate about this. I've, over the last year, I've become super passionate about it. So for, <laughs> forgive me for the little bit of infomercial here. But so Objective Management Group was started by Dave Curlin um, back in 1990. So he was uh, a Sandler franchise owner, a sales trainer, um, salesperson himself. Um, and in training, what he became frustrated with was lack of success. So in, in other words, you've got 10 people in a class, two are successful, three, like they were never there and the rest make little progress. And so the question is why? And, and I, so I think this is true in, in every role. Um, and this is where I think parts of the sales insights are actually universal. Um, but why we train, 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 and, and, People grow at their own pace, but sometimes that pace is, is just too slow and they're, they're not getting it. Maybe this isn't their talent, but there's got to be something other than um, training the skill that affects whether a person can implement. And so we here, we've called that identity role. We do a lot of identity role training. Um, how a person views themselves, are they, are they open to change? Are they open to growth? And so this is where Sales Insights knocks it out of the park. Um, in a set, being able to predict whether a person can actually implement a sales process. 
Um, so back to Dave's problem, his frustration, he's training people and he, he wants to work with people that can implement what he's coaching so that he can keep working with them. So he goes on a search, searching for um, all the different profiles. I mean, if you, if you search behavioral profile, certainly you'll come up with disc. There's, there's profiles international. There are um, different behavioral styles. There's personality assessments. Um, but all of them are what I would call indicative or they indicate that someone ought to be able to do a thing. And we've definitely experienced this with DISC. So there are, there are certain DISC profiles that really work well in sales, but some people with that great profile don't like sales. What, like, why is that? So I, I use, I don't think Steve minds. I use, I use Steve Talkington as an example. He's got a fantastic sales disc, but he's an operations guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why that disconnect? And then you also have really great sales reps in, in the summit network um, that don't have the ideal profile. So why is that? So while I, th I think you can say that here are the profiles that have the most success, it doesn't answer every question. And so this is where specifically with sales, because it's, it's a very clear behavior set and, and belief set for that matter, think so beliefs, think instincts. Mm -hmm. there, are, there are certain instincts that the best sales reps have that, that love their job. There are people that, that like sales, that'll do it. They don't really love it, but there are people that love sales. Um, so going back to what Dave found and, and I, this mirrors my experience that a personality assessment might say that someone is a people person or they have a high eye. The disc would say they have a high eye. So they have the potential to prospect. They're a people person. They're friendly. They like talking to people. So they have the potential to prospect and hunt. But the question is, will they? All right. So the, what the sales, what the sales insights does is it doesn't take being a people person, so a, a personality or behavior as the indication of hunting, it focuses on other attributes and mindsets that the hunter's got to have that multiple disc profiles could have. Um, and those attributes can be taught um, even if the person isn't a people person. So as an example, we, I, we, uh, summit, member, summit, summit members are piloting this with us. We just hired a sales rep and that sales rep admitted, I'm not as much of a people person as I probably should be, mm -hmm. but they've got all the skills. So the sales insights would be um, neither a personality or a behavior. It, it's its own sales specific assessment. Um, according to, to OMG, how their description, it, it doesn't fit in a category. It's, it's a sales attribute assessment specifically for sales. And I think it's important to know, cause you just said the words OMG, we have talked about in actually previous, um, pod, a previous podcast with Mike Shannon about the OMG assessment from a very high level. We're going a little bit deeper on this particular or in this particular mm -hmm. conversation. Um, because he was talking about, you know, the, the DNA of the DNA of sales. And so and the OMG assessment is the sales insights report, just another name for it, OMG being the objective management group. But the important thing, what you just said is these are attributes. So these are these are basically DNA components of, of people who are built to sell. 
Yeah, exactly. So good point. So TTI is the company that does disk profiles. Mm -hmm. OMG, Objective Management Group, is the company that does sales insights. So I'm, I'm going to focus this on sales insights. I'm going to talk specifically about that. So like the disk profile, the sales insights report. So, so yeah, how are, how are, how is this person built and how does that match the sales role? So what the sales insights report does is break down 21 specific sales elements into three different categories um, that are again, sales specific. So those three categories will to sell. So think, attitudes, attitudes and beliefs, sales DNA. So think instincts and behaviors and then tactics. So number one, will to sell. Number two, sales DNA, which used to be called strengths. Now it's a cooler term sales DNA. Mm -hmm. And then three is tactics. So if anybody out there has followed the sales guys training, for any number of years, you've heard us talk about the Sandler success triangle, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, which is um, uh, attitudes, behaviors, and technique. So Dave Curlin was a Sandler sales trainer. So it's, it. it's no mistake. Now, I, that's my assertion. I don't know that he would say that, but it's pretty obvious to me that those three things match the success triangle what we typically interview for or what the bias is that I see in, in sales interviewing is interviewing for tactics. Do they close? Do they ask questions? Do they, do they show up and throw up? Are they, a, are they a features and benefits type person or are they consultative? Do they prospect? So those, those are tactics. What the sales insights report does by focusing on the entire what I'm saying is the entire success triangle. So will to sell, DNA, so, so instincts and tactics. Tactics are only one third of what they're profiling. So in other words, two thirds, which is the right proportion, is a, a person's attitudes and behaviors. Mm -hmm. So attitudes, and, and I, I do have to say, we've, I mean, Jim Falk, myself, Mike Shannon, Chuck, we love this so much that we're, we're actually rearranging some of our training to fit how the sales insights reports breaks it down because it's so intuitive and it matches. It's all, it's all consultative based selling. They've just broken it down into more categories, which was, was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Love when you can find new tools or, or tools that really fit seamlessly into kind of the yep. alignment of, of your, of your sales training. So we'll come back to some of the sales DNA because I, I want to connect some of the things we've trained mm -hmm. to how this report looks at it, which, which I think defines it much, much more. So the question is, one, wouldn't it be nice to know specifically where a rep needs help? Not just, well, they need better identity role, but what part of identity role? Wouldn't it be nice to know specifically what head trash they probably struggle with? This is the, the part one the really blew me away was when you when you take the assessment so it's a 45 minute assessment this is not you know a short um uh, questionnaire mm -hmm. 
identifying specific areas of so a list of specific self-limiting beliefs that the person typically struggles with have proved to be correct. Now with people I'm working with that I've reviewed their report. Yep. I tell myself that it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's great. You can tell, you can tell I'm passionate about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to when we think about all the discs that we've done and, and just the, the awareness that people see when they're, you know, they're reading their profile and they're like, yeah, this, like this, this is, this is me on paper. I mean, so this is taking it to the next level for a sales specific role and being able to really help um, probably help um, individuals actually verbalize what they're feeling that they might not be able to actually say otherwise. And so back, so back to disc, disc, disc is a nice compliment here in the sense that driving forces would be why a person does what they do. The disc specifically would be how they go about doing what they do. There'd be how they high D, are they high I, how they go about doing it. The sales insights report kind of fills the gap into what they do. So why they do it, how they do it, what they specifically excel at. So back to our original question about hunting, the personality assessment or the behavioral assessment would say they have the capability to do it. They, they can do it but will they? And the sales insights reports gets in, gets into that is, is actually, will they execute on uh, the behaviors? So the result that what, what um, the sales insights report has achieved in, in the, the hiring space is uh, 92% of recommended candidates are in the top half of their sales force in within 12 months. And so that's, that's not a claim. That's actually a statistic that they've, the original research, they went out, implemented it. And every three years they have this checked. And so the, it's the result of this profile is that 92% success rate, um, 75% of the candidates not recommended that were hired anyway, fail within six months. So 92, yeah. I think it's important to also reference the terms recommended and not recommended, mm-hmm. um, because this is not some. This is something that comes specifically on the report that there were that the the OMG group is is recommending or not recommending a certain individual based upon their results, and then it's obviously your choice to make the decision to hire. But they're giving their recommendation, so whether or not you you listen to that or you or you take that, but this these are real real results based upon recommendations that have been made. So in both cases, whether you're doing a full evaluation on a current employee or you're using it as a hiring assessment, either way, what what this the program would include is is filling out a 25 question um, set of questions that would customize the role into into your specific type of sales, and then based on those questions the system ranks the difficulty of this sales role. Based on that difficulty score, that creates an actionable item that based on the score that the sales, this, that the candidate got, we do or don't recommend interviewing them. And so if they, so if you think, um, I'm not gonna use contracting as an example. So think insurance, you, you get no leads, you're out there on your own, you've got to develop your own business, everything from scratch. That's a pretty difficult role. Mm-hmm. And anybody that gets into insurance will tell you 
commit to 10 years or don't commit at all. As opposed to, um, let's say, a mall kiosk, somebody hanging out at one of those little islands at the mall that's just talking, you know, slightly different sales difficulty there. So the score that a candidate gets is, is going to indicate whether they qualify for these roles. So a whole lot of people would qualify for a role with less difficulty. You're given right. all the leads. You don't have to prospect. You know, maybe it's a, it's a niche market, whatever would make it less difficult um, versus an insurance role that would, that would be a higher level of difficulty. And so therefore fewer people would qualify. Um, that's the actionable part. And based on those scores, they're, they're how they've studied the difficulty in a role and the score that it takes to succeed, they've been able to achieve a 92% success rate. But what's that? So what's the data behind that 92% rate? Like how many, how many people have actually so sure. far taken, taken this assessment? You're, you're leading me to our next slide. You're an awesome, you're a, f- a fantastic facilitator. <laughs> Do my best. <laughs> Let's keep, go- keep going, Andrew. Yes. Keep going. Move it along. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> so uh, yes. So at this point, uh, thirty-six thousand companies. You can find this information on their website. Thirty-six thousand companies. 100, over a hundred thousand sales reps hired. Two point three million salespeople. Two hundred industries and over one hundred and fifty countries. So it it's the sales world. That, and so now another cool thing is when when the individual is scored on the profile and so they're given a percentile out you know they're in a they're in the 75th percentile that's not out of some average that's versus the 2.3 million people that have mm-hmm. taken the profile so a cool part of, about this strategy is that it's a never ending science it will continue to build with more. Yeah, the with pool more of data. candidates come yeah. back in five years, and it'll be four million salespeople that have taken it. And so that ranking gets more and more and more precise. It, I mean, it, it's how they kind of built this is is genius. It's very cool. So talk to us about the. So there's you, you've hit it a little bit. There's you know kind of the. the hiring assessment versus the, the evaluation component. Mm-hmm. Talk to us a little, little bit about the, the differences between the two um, and how maybe members are using them. Sure. So the uh, recruiting or hiring assessment is a shorter report. It's more focused on interviewing and here are the interview questions to hear the things to confirm in the report. Um, so it's about 16 pages. The, uh, eva- the full evaluation is about 40 pages. And it, it, it changes um, how the report lists out challenges and opportunities in the sense that, so think head trash. So it'll, it'll, it'll list out which, um, what kind of self-talk, negative self-talk the sales rep might have. So for example, um, I need to educate prospects that might not buy from me total head trash. Um, I understand when a customer needs to think it over. This is, this is probably the number one thing that Jim and I come back to at our boot camps. Why does someone need to think it over? So the head trash is, I understand when my customers need to think it over. And then next to it, it will show the positive self-talk. So it will coach the rep. So it, it almost becomes a, 
an individual development plan for that sales rep. Here's what you might struggle with. Here's what you should be telling yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't understand when people need to think it over. So that's a sales DNA in the sense that think instincts. So what is a person's instinct in the moment? Is it to understand? And that's influenced by a whole bunch of things. That's a, another podcast and a boot camp. We're, we're going to do a boot camp on this. But or so is is the person's instinct in the moment to understand or to say, huh, I guess. Um, well, Joe, I appreciate you telling me that. But is is there what in particular do you need to think over? Was there something I missed that we needed to talk about? That's the instinct that I want. So either does the person have that instinct or another part of report? Do they uh, do they have the commitment level needed to learn it? And it, it's, it's incredible. The number one thing we, we struggle with uh, that we coach is I'll think it over and getting people to overcome, I'll think it over. And so that gets to identity role. Um, and now being able to break down identity role into specific things and be able to say to someone, this is the specific head trash you probably struggle with. And they look at you and they say, yeah, I mean, pretty much I, 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 I can't lie. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> now I've got a specific actionable thing I can work with on a sales rep. It's great. So, but that's coming from the evaluations component, right? The, the evaluation piece. Well, both, both will show you, um, both reports will give you the same results. It'll, it'll show you where the person stands okay. on there on these 21 different elements. Those are the same. The assessment report will help you with interviewing. The evaluation is a much longer report that's meant for development. So now that now that the person, so for example, if you do the um, sales sales insights uh, hiring program, the person you hire, you can convert that report for free to the longer report Got to it. now help them train with the number one question: um, Do they have the commitment to do what it takes to learn? And that's the, the bang your head against the wall mm -hmm. is that, are you, are you banging your head against the wall or is this, does this person actually have the commitment to get uncomfortable and learn? One thing that I found um, super cool when you were sharing this with um, internally with, with our group, um, you know, the hiring side of this, all the assessment, it is recommended that this assessment is given to everybody who applies for the position. There's, there's no we're going to give it to them, but not this person. Use this as a filter so that you are not wasting your time looking at resumes or interviewing people who are automatically not going to be recommended. Yeah. So there's, so, so therefore, if you're going to use it as an assessment um, because of the equal employment opportunity rules, EEOC rules, you have to give it to everybody. Mm -hmm. However, that also saves you a ton of time. Sure does. So the method would be post the post or the job or, or list the job posting, receive resumes, send out the assessment. Um, and then your phone screens, the next step, the phone screens and interviewing that you do are, are based on recommended candidates, but you have to give it to everybody based on EEOC rules. And so the, I mean, the I program- I can imagine though that the, the, the quality of the candidates that you are then going to be phone screening and setting up mm -hmm. interviews with are such a, a different, are at a higher level than you would have if you just, 
interviewed, you know, phone screened anybody who applied. That's right. So the next natural question is, well, why do I even need to interview? Why, why, I mean, if this thing tells me they're recommended, why, why do I interview? Great question. So what's left are two things, matching the specific skills to your specific company. So trades, there's a lot of sales reps out there that, that would be horrible estimators. Geometry was not their strength. (laughs) So can they estimate? Do they understand project type work? Can they can they break down, you know, a tangible concrete product into an estimate? That's math. So that's not sales. That's math. So you're interviewing for a specific fit. So you're matching. So think levels of work. The best interviews are matching, not necessarily qualifying, understanding that person. So now we're in a matching scenario, which is a best practice. And then second is culture. Do they match the role? Do their specific talents match the role and culture? And that that's what's left in the interviewing process. And so again, I mean, sales is such a very specific uh, role that we can you can get this deep with it. Um, Love it. Sure. I think it's cool. I mean, just seeing um, the 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 depth of which it goes to the the kind of the, the data behind it from, you know, those who have taken it in the past um, and then, see, you know, seeing some examples of current um, summit clients who are going through it themselves. I mean, what's the general feedback on it? You don't have to name names, of course, but what's the general consensus on those who are currently working through it? Super positive. Cool. Super positive. Um, we've got seven companies right now piloting the hiring program. And I've had uh, three companies do full evaluations. Um, one company did their whole team and a couple other companies did uh, one-offs. And um, it, it was pretty cool. Um the reps that we dealt with um, saw themselves in it. Um, the hiring that we've done, we've, we've at this point, we've hired two, the, the seven companies that have done the recruiting part, we've hired two reps and they're doing great. Actually four, I take that back. It's not two, it's four now. And they're doing great. Two of those four did not have the exact prototype disc profile but they're killing it. And so I, I think, I think this broadens the horizon of what is, what, what disc profiles might work Mm -hmm. based on the organization because they have these 21 other skills that show that they will succeed. Um, Why don't you jump into just a couple of those of those skills, you know, maybe within sure. the, the sales DNA component, just to kind of give um, our listeners a little bit of a taste of what it is that we're really looking for. Um, and then we'll be certainly hitting on in future future podcasts as well. Sure. So I, I definitely want to give some value here, not just infomercial type stuff. So <laughs> what, what I love, so again, the 21 different elements, breaking things down. And so specifically what Jim and I have trained in attitudes, behaviors, and and techniques. Let's focus on the attitudes and behaviors part. So attitudes, well, let's break down attitudes into five things. Desire, so a passion for success in sales. Well, anybody interviewing is 
probably going to have high desire. Um, and anybody who wants to do sales is going to have, although you, you'd be surprised, we've gotten some recruiting assessments with low desire. The second element is commitment. How are those two things different? Well, do you know what saw stop is? Saw stop? Saw stop. So saw stop, it was invented uh, many years ago, but it was an add-on for a table saw. Long, long story short, oh. you can look it up on YouTube. Saw stop. And so if it, if what it would do is you would, it was an add-on for a table saw. And if it, if the saw touched anything electromagnetic, it would stop and retract the blade. So think your finger. So the videos, they're still on YouTube. The, the guy that invented it, when he was going around trying to get companies to pick it up, manufacturers and retail stores, he would talk about the product, take a hot dog, boom, stick it in the saw, saw would stop retract, nothing, nothing wrong with the hot dog. He'd take a talk, 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 piece of chicken, stick it in there, same thing. Talk, 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 his finger. In the middle of the presentation, he would stick his finger in the saw to prove that it worked. Now that's commitment. That's, commitment. <laughs> that's the kind Willing of Willing to lose a I, finger over the sale. <laughs> right, that's the kind of commitment I want on my sales team. And if you're not willing to stick your finger in the saw to make the sale, then people are not going to eat. Now, I'm not saying I want people breaking the law, we're talking about doing anything it takes to make the sale legally, ethically, and professionally. Yes. And morally. The biggest <laughs> challenge to people who don't succeed in sales is that they have conditional commitment. Well, I'll sell as long as the person at the front desk always gives me the property manager's number. You know, as long as I don't have to work too hard, you know, I, then I'll sell. Or as long as the prospects call me back, then I'll sell. So number one issue, there's hope in those leads. What do you mean? I went out, I gave them an estimate. You know what? There's hope in those leads. If they want me, they'll call me. Said no sales rep that I like we want on our team, right? right. That's conditional commitment. Um, outlook. How a person feels about themselves, the company, the market could be short term, could be long term responsibility. This the excuse making metric. A low score on responsibility indicates excuse making. And this has been 100 percent correct. The, the four or five, eight, I, th I think it's six or seven people have taken the evaluation and then we've got six companies who've done multiple, multiple assessments, 100% correct, that when, when somebody gets a high score on responsibility, yeah, they, they don't make excuses that much. It matches the person, 100% match. Low score on responsibility, oh, they are totally an excuse maker. Now I know specifically what to work on with that person. So attitude, breaking attitudes down into five things, desire, commitment, outlook, motivation, responsibility. If a person has low commitment, focus them on goals. Get them, what, what goal do they have that's bigger than themselves that will cause them to get out of their comfort zone? In other words, and this is, I, I, had, I have to admit, this is what I learned from the sales insights assessment is stop talking about um, identity role. When it comes to commitment, 
um, identity role and start setting goals. This is a goal specific element. If, if the person has conditional commitment, they need something to pull out of themselves. So a, a funny um, quip that I like is it's when sales reps have kids and buy a house, hire them because now they've got something to pull them out of themselves and commit mm -hmm. to that will make them get uncomfortable. So maybe you've got a sales rep with conditional commitment that needs to go buy a house. <laughs> and let's talk about like, your personal goals here. Where, where are you looking to be? Right, right. Yeah. Don't like forget about identity role at this point. They need a goal. And if they can't set a goal that's outside themselves, that's going to get them out of their comfort zone. The, the, the number one metric of all 21, the number one metric, according to, to the report is commitment. Interesting. So hit that first. The other is responsibility. So the, the coaching that I would give, because um, I don't want this to just be an infomercial. If, if you know you have an excuse-making sales rep, then you've got to set the expectation. This is a no-excuse environment. What could you have done better to change the outcome of this sale? Now, here's, here's the challenge. Outcome of the sale isn't a win right? Closure is won or lost. What could you have changed about your behavior to get closure? A win or a loss. Maybe you should have gotten out of there sooner. So maybe this person struggles with, they, they feel like they need to educate. They feel like they need to spend time out of, with people who aren't going to buy, and they need to get better at kicking deadbeat leads to the curb give them, maybe they need permission to move on, but let's identify that. Stop making excuses and get out of there. Not every lead is, is equal. Um, so then getting into sales DNA. So now think instincts, a person's behavior. So first we talked about attitudes and what we mean by attitudes are desire, commitment, outlook, motivation, and responsibility. They're, they're attitudes. Now think behaviors of the Sandler success triangle, behaviors, think instincts. Six things, need for approval. If somebody has a high need for approval, they are not going to ask tough questions. Emotional involvement, so getting emotional. If you're going to be a good listener, then you can't get emotional. You can't get stuck in all the things you're thinking in your head. So in other words, staying in the moment, the opposite of getting emotional is staying in the moment, be present with the person. So in that situation, specifically, I find that the sales reps who think they can sell, I sell everybody, I treat everybody the same and everybody's an opportunity is the one of the worst head trash we have to deal with. So a person that's getting emotional, one thing to work on is, dude, it is okay to lose a sale or do that. It like, if you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 40, get over it. Stop getting emotional. Um, something, so supportive beliefs, we've talked about this. So a great part of, of the report is its ability to indicate specific self-limiting beliefs that a sales rep may deal with. One that 
um, objective manager group, the company actually trademarked that they found through their research is a sales rep's individual buying cycle. In other words, how a sales rep buys will affect how they sell in their role. So if you're dealing with sales reps that tolerate, I'll think it over. In other words, they don't have that instinct to say, well, why do you need to think it over? What, did I miss something? I mean, that's a skill I've learned to have that instinct. These are teachable things. So if you're dealing with a sales rep that tolerates those things, ask them about how they buy stuff. How do they go about buying stuff? And if you ask my wife how I buy stuff, she will tell you he is so cheap. <laughs> and so I've got to stop being cheap. You know, there's some things that are worth the money. And so I, I have this self-talk with myself, like, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah, I, I, I can be cheap. And so is your sales rep cheap? Are they, how, how do they buy? Dig into that. That is, that's really interesting to me because how, how they buy is going to be, is going to impact how they think about others buying. Right. What their instincts are. Yeah. Um, the other two are fairly straightforward. So comfortable talking about money. We talk about that all the time and being rejection proof. Now that's the specific identity role issue is dealing with rejection and not taking rejection personally. That's where we deal with identity role. And I, what I learned from understanding the sales insight strategy is that there are, there are five other items that we can deal with in more specific ways. And so we're, you know, in the last year, we've taken time to take our content and break it out into these, instead of dealing it as one in one or two buckets going right. pro and identity role. That's what we've talked about in our, in our boot camps. So we always talk about going pro and identity role. Now we've, we've, we've got six areas that we can more specifically target like a, like a surgeon and a, a rifle is a much better approach than a, or a scalpel is much better than, I don't, I don't know what's, what would be a more general approach to a scalpel. I lost the analogy, but you get my point. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like you can be much more surgical about improvement instead of a one, a, a Instead of a, a two scalpel's better than a machete. Control. Let's say that. <laughs> there we go. Like everyone that. everyone can agree with it. Scalpel's better than a machete. Yeah. But that, in I, reality, I, like I feel like as, as I'm sitting here listening to you talking about you know these these different areas, I feel like what what's happening is that you you're peeling the onion back a little bit more. We're kind of getting back to the we're peeling the back the layers of what it is that we want in a salesperson. What it is that we need to work on and being able to identify specifically the layer in which um, is really strong or needs a little bit of support. Hey, great, great way to say it. The sales insights report has definitely helped us peel back our train, our training in a much more detailed way. And I'm, I, you can tell I'm super excited about helping clients and sales reps peel the onion back much more specifically and really tackle what they're really struggling with. It's powerful clear, stuff. We really love analogies over here. At Nolan Consulting Group, <laughs> we tend to 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 allude to them a lot. Uh, but no, Andrew, I think I think it's great. Maybe stuff. overdo it. <laughs> Maybe we overdo it. I mean, we all we all can't be perfect, right? 
Um, but I, I think it's great stuff. Clearly, I mean, our team is pretty pumped about it. Um, you've been pretty effusive about it for quite some time now. Um, the clients who are going through it are having good results. Have been there's been there's been positive feedback. So we would encourage any of our our clients, any of our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the Sales Insights Report, you know, please talk to your coach. Please reach out to us directly. We're happy to have a conversation and talk about is it, if it's a possibly good fit um, for what you're looking to achieve. If you're in the process of either hiring a sales rep or two, or looking to do evaluations on your existing team. Awesome. Thanks, Ma. I yeah, appreciate the, uh, the time and the podium. To absolutely. Share absolutely. Awesome and stuff. I look forward to kind of continuing down this road um, with future episodes to come and future workshops on the topic. Great job on the podcast, Ma. Happy to be here. It's fun. It's a fun role to, uh, fun role to have. So, Andrew, until next time, thank you so much. And yeah, to all thank our listeners you. out there, have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.